Welcome back, boys and girls, to the Paranormal Rabbit Hole. I am your host, Hunter, the host with the most, the most ghosts, aliens, and cryptids. Well, more cryptids than anything, because I feel like there aren't enough shows that cover good cryptids. Uh, so that's what we do. But we also cover paranormal everything. Everything. Cryptids, like I said. Ghosts, spirits, demons, hauntings, aliens. Um... You know, just that kind of thing. That kind of thing. And this is the Halloween episode. So happy Halloween, for one. Um, and let's go ahead and knock this out. Go to Instagram, the Paranormal Rabbit Hole Podcast, all one word in your search bar, and pick the one with a cow that's being reabducted by its own ship. You'll see why if you pay close enough attention to the uh, picture. Anyways, go to Instagram, follow us there. Tell us what you would like us to cover. Uh, Not much of a big online. I mean, we've got a pretty decent following online, actually, on Instagram. So we're good on that. But it's it's the interactions. We want more interactions with you guys. And we want to do more so. Also, if you're listening to us on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Podbean, whatever it is. If you're listening to us, rate us, review us, get us up those charts. Because that helps us out a lot. And we really enjoy it. And also, each review is like a little nugget in people's ear of, oh, hey, they cover this, they do this, and we're good. We're so good. Anyways, this is the Halloween episode. We didn't do an episode last week because we were actually having some home troubles. A hot water heater decided to spring a leak, and we had to actually get the whole uh, pipes redone. All the pipes had to be redone. It was crazy. Not a not a huge fan of those kind of incidents because they kept me from doing a great show. Um, I wanted to do another show before this one, but it uh, didn't get to happen. Didn't get to happen. Very sad because, you know, hot water heater. But anyways, we're here now together on Halloween. <laughs> yes. The spooky season is coming to a close with one of the best holidays ever where the Children of the world get to dress up as ghouls, goblins, and ghosts, and witches, and demons, and all sorts of superheroes, and ninjas, and cops, and firemen, and whatever else, Paw Patrol, blah, 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 you know, all those popular shows that are out. I see a lot of, uh, I see Spider-Man, Paw Patrol, and all that at the stores, uh, my kids going as, I think, as Spider-Man, I don't know, uh, he was wanting to go as one thing, and then, you know, anyways, that happens. Uh, I tried to get him to go as Bigfoot, and he didn't want to. He thought that was ridiculous. He goes, I'm not going to do that. Everybody's going to do that. I'm like, no. But see, you'll be part of a cool crowd of Bigfoots. You'll be a little foot, a little Bigfoot. <laughs> uh, like that movie, Little Big Man with Dustin Hoffman. Um, no, but... Uh, and then I wanted him to go as the Mandalorian because he already has most of the get-up. Like, he's got a jetpack. He's got gauntlets. He's got a mask. It's, it's just, the, he just needs the costume. Uh, he's even got Baby Yoda's. So, anyways. Halloween, great season. Candy, spooky stories, great horror movies like slasher movies. And I'm sorry, I'm going to offend a bunch of you right now. And automatically, right off the rip, I'm going to offend a whole bunch of you by saying, 
I'm sorry, but Halloween, weak, weak, weak excuse. First of all, he's not he's not supernatural in any way. The director's already said that he's just a regular guy. You OP'd your main antagonist. Uh, and when your protagonist finally kills him, everybody's upset. That's not the Michael Ween. And I heard about this one. I, I've never watched a Halloween movie since Halloween 2. And I'm going to keep it that way because those two movies are cemented as the best in that series. And I don't count any others. I'm sorry. I can't do it. I've only watched it. I mean, I've. Okay, let me rephrase that. <sighs> I've only cemented to memory one and two because. I hated watching the others. I hated H2O. I really hated that movie. I think everybody hated that movie. But it kind of has a cult love in the uh, series with a lot of the deep Halloween fans. Uh, I didn't care for the Rob Zombie ones. Although, I'm going to be honest. Rob Zombies were better than the rest of the series that came out after two. Before it. And I will, I will die on that hill that they were way better. Because they at least dealt with a non-supernatural, idiotic type of Michael for a, a little bit. And then it kind of got weird, you know. Then it kind of took a supernatural aspect, and you're like, what the fuck is going on? What is this? And, the, yeah, you know. But uh, I haven't seen Halloween Ends. I haven't seen the ones after this because I didn't give a shit. I'm not, I don't care. I don't care. I'm sorry. There are better, there are better killers. There are better killers. Freddy, Jason, Predator. Alien. Alien's like the, the, you know, antithesis of killers. Comes in, stealth organism, you know, explodes from your chest, runs off, grows, kills, doesn't really need to eat, doesn't really need to sleep. Hive mentality, but once on its own can kind of go a little ape shit. Still do some hive stuff, but kill. Um, even in the comic books, they, they have this wickedness, and then they... Of course, the humans make a robot that looks like an alien, and that's pretty cool because they have an alien on their side uh, until it goes haywire, like joins a hive. It's really crazy. Anyways, uh, tonight, though, we're not going to talk about a horror movie. We're not going to talk about some strange tale of you know ghouls and goblins from you know Sleepy Hollow, which that would have been a great show, actually, you know? Uh, from what I hear, that story is actually not based off of a, you know, there's no real headless horseman ghost, but, uh, he wrote it about a, a Hessian that was killed by beheading because of his war crimes. And then he just kind of created a story out of that. That was, uh, the sleepy hollow legend. And I found that very interesting that he just kind of was like, Oh yeah, I remember that. Hey, wouldn't it be cool if there were like a Hessian soldier that got beheaded and like was looking for his head? Yeah, wouldn't that be cool? And then somebody was like, that would be pretty cool, man. Let's let's think about this. How can we pull this off? Like, let's do it like somewhere down the line in the century. Like, it takes place now. And they did it during the Revolutionary War, but, you know, it's the turn of the century now. So it's like several years of him looking for his head. You know, that's kind of what they did, I feel, when they wrote uh, <laughs> this, this the story of Sleepy Hollow. Um, but you notice how all of the great stories that are horror stories are usually short stories, uh, like H.P. Lovecraft, although horribly, horribly racist. Uh, 
you and and this is again sometimes you have to separate the art from the artist because he's a piece of shit doesn't mean that his stories need to be erased because his work in horror itself um it it transcends everything there are plenty of authors that are are black that that love H.P. Lovecraft but still recognize that his faults um and i think that's that's what we need to do we need to recognize the faults but go he was a piece of shit that's not excusable but this work of art doesn't need to be trashed just because he was a piece of shit because this is good horror writing this is amazing writing and he doesn't you know most of his writings while kind of semi were subverting it's weird. I don't want to get into that because there's a whole political thing behind H.P. Lovecraft, but everybody separates the art from the artist there because it is truly strange and unusually amazing and 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 and, and true. Not I don't want to say intrusive, but intrusive into your mind and your imagination and just takes over and creates it for you when you read his writing. When you read some of those old writings and you read, I mean. It's strange and and just pulls you in and you get trapped in in the story. Um, And I think that's why they separate art from the artist is because of the the way of the writing. Uh, Needless to say, uh, H.P. Lovecraft was racist. Um, But we're not talking about him. You know what we are talking about? And it is, there is, I will, if some of you are easily offended, there is talk of slavery in this because of the time period that it takes place in. Uh, Slavery was wrong then as it is now. Uh, and all of its forms. So, you know, uh, but you know, we're going to give you a little bit of, I'll, I'll do you, I'll do you a solid. I don't usually do this. I usually, you guys know me. I just fly off the seat of my pants, uh, and trigger warning. This does talk about slavery because that can affect some people. So I, I mean, you know, gotta, I gotta be nice. Gotta be nice. Um, <clears throat> my chair is rubbing on the table. Uh, we're going to talk about the Bell Witch. So this is a local legend, a Tennessee legend. So this is local to me. Um, and I've known about this story ever since I was a little kid. We were in a, a classroom and a teacher had chosen, a, a music teacher had chosen to read this to us instead of doing the lesson because it was on Halloween. And they were like, you know, instead of doing that today, we, you know, we've been leading up to that. We had listened to like spooky music and composers that had written like a horror style of of operatic or or composed music and uh like a symphony piece that was just beautifully written out but it was meant to be a horror theme or a dark theme i mean you know they did that typically and then she at this halloween she was like you know what i'm gonna break from tradition and uh because usually we watch that uh that part of fantasia well, actually, we usually just watch parts of Fantasia during Christmas, too. But just one part of Fantasia we watched during Halloween because she was like, it's, you know, fine. I know that they're, but it's animated. I don't give a shit. And we were kids. We didn't care. Uh, but anyways, we would watch that. Instead, we, she's like, you know, what? I want to read you this story this time. Um, and so she read that the story of the Bell Witch. And she covered, like, quite a bit of it, but. It was a long story. It's a long story, and she was reading from a book that is uh, sold widespread in Tennessee. It's a or it actually widespread. Period. It's a little red book. Oh, I took I took out a coin. Little red book uh, by M. V. Ingram uh, called "The Authenticated History of the Bell Witch." There are others that do it. Uh, I mean, amazing books. So just keep your eye out for that. 
But this story is an actually historically recorded story of a ghost. Uh, Andrew Jackson has actually written about the Bell Witch. Uh, the you know a future president interacted with the Bell Witch and and even said, you know, hey, I'd rather face the French a thousand times and a thousand times over than face the Bell Witch again. And he didn't even face her. He just kind of talked to her and and saw what she could do and was like, okay, you know what? This is a little too much for me to deal with. I got to bounce. Let's go guys. Come on. It's, it's that kind of a story. Mm. Sorry. I had to wet my whistle there folks. Um, but this story is about a family called the bell family. And, Essentially, what happened was they they had an interesting event that um, it, it it ended in the death of one of their family members. Um, it John Bell, the the um, patriarch of the family, was uh, it, it's it's strange. Um, the the spirit is is blamed with the death of John Bell actually for a fact. Uh, it it all started. Uh, I think. Uh, with with the to be honest, the legend as it goes starts with a a lot of things of John Bell moving to the area in the eighteen hundreds. Uh, it, it was a lot of bad dealings, a lot of, you know, uh, how can I say he, he, he got involved in a few things that were not as savory in, in land dealings. Uh, he really kind of you know, did things the wrong way. Uh, and I, you know, it, 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 a lot of it, you know, a lot of that was talk about a woman named Kate Bates and, or Kate Bats. Uh, there was a lot of dealings with her that went wrong, like a land dealing that went wrong and he had gotten some land out of her. Um, and she wasn't happy with it. So she put a curse on him. Um, there's even to tell of her storming into a a ceremony and uh in which a man was you know thrown to the ground and she had sat on him using large words that nobody else used because she liked to feel superior in that way and and you know she you know cursed him on the spot in the church after you know he had um you know told her that she was making a fool of this man's you know salvation um but that that kind of sparked this whole this is where this this came from and this is why this happened so that that is that is a small take on the beginning of of this story but again it begins in the 1800s like i mean literally around the 1800s uh their daughter lucy bell had been born in uh, 1805 so this this begins like at the beginning of the 1800s um 
a lot of it revolves around John and Betsy uh, themselves. Uh, Betsy is John's daughter, uh, their oldest daughter. Um, and and it, it also it, it, Lucy, uh, their daughter Esther, their sons John and 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 it, I think Frank Miles the the it was he was a family friend. Uh, their friend James Gunn, who was a reverend of their the church that they now went to, and James Johnson, who was the reverend of the church that they had recently been at. Uh, but they had gotten excommunicated from the Red River Baptist Church, which uh, Johnson was the preacher of. And they had started going to gun, I think was Presbyterian. And uh, I, I may be misquoting that, though. I don't remember his his exact religion. But um, the, the, he had been, John had been excommunicated from the Red River Church because of the, the land dealing, the wrongdoings of the land dealing. Um, and so they, they said, you know, look, with all of that that went down, we really don't want you, we can't have you coming here because we don't want that kind of a, a tarnished stain on this church. You know, we follow the, the Bible very closely and, you know, what you did was wrong. So we're going to excommunicate you from the church and that, you know, therefore he was, you know, going to uh, a different church. Uh, and James Gunn was known to be old fire and brimstone gun. Uh, like he would tell it, tell it like it was. Um, now, of course, this is after the Revolutionary War, the, and and now his son John knew Andrew Jackson from going up and down rivers, and they would uh, the government would basically, if I remember correctly, it was told that John Junior would go up and down rivers and look for pirates, like that was what he used to do at, for fun after working with Andrew Jackson in the the, the War of New Orleans, I think is what it was. Uh, I'm again not sure about that, but uh, you know that's that's a that's a background for another time, um, and we, you know, we have a lot to get into, so I don't want to cover too much of you know who, the, but Betsy Bell, you know, was one of their older daughters, and um, of course his wife and his children, um. And and they they had a small farm that had a a cave on it on the property. Uh, and now that cave at this time serves as the tour site for the Bell Witch tour. Uh, you know they pull in a, an old remi- remake of the cabin uh, that had stood on the land. Um, it it really. I don't think it's accurate the way it looks because the way that I've heard it told, it was, you know, not, a, it was a larger cabin for one. And then two, it had an upstairs to it. So, uh, with, with different rooms. Um, but all needless to say, this all took place in the red river area of Adams, Tennessee in Robertson County. Um, you could go to the bell, Witch cave and tour it to this day. There's a, you know, a, they do a lot of stuff during Halloween, so it's a great time to go there. Um, now, I can tell you right now, they do do private tours. They do do like investigation tours. Um, but to get to the story, so it was the Bell family, and, um, you know, it, it John Bell really kind of uh didn't believe 
any of the activity in reality when it first started. Uh, it was it was more Betsy and uh, their daughter Esther that seemed to to kind of get the beginning of the activity. Um, they heard scratching on the walls, gnawing on the bedposts. They started to hear uh, what sounded like mice, you know, just kind of scratching on the bedpost, gnawing at the bedpost, and running around. And then they would hear these like strange sucking sounds, as if someone was like, you know, like sucking at the air, trying to breathe. Um, and then John was out hunting with his sons. Um, I think it was Joel and, and, and John Jr. were with him and they saw this they were tending they were out walking their fields and they saw this strange creature that had the body of a dog and the uh the head of a rabbit. Uh it it seemed that this was the one of the first strange sightings that the family had because there were several others. Um, one in, on, in Red River itself, um, and it, it it didn't stop with just the dog. You know, basically, other thing, other animals showed up uh, like giant birds. So, but they they saw this thing. They saw this animal unrecognizable animal with a head of a rabbit in the body of a dog and they shot at it and it just kind of disappeared and you know at, at right where it fell like they saw it drop and then when they ran up to where it was they're like you know I, I know I shot that thing I know it fell here what the hell where is it um now they uh It, it became very apparent that strange things were happening when the children started getting stuck with pins when they were in bed. Um, and they would, you know, come and tell the parents that they, that this was happening. The parents would check and there'd be nothing there. Uh, but then they'd hear the children, you know, screaming and you know, that would be happening or the sheets would be, you know, getting pulled off the bed. They'd be asleep, dead asleep. And the sheets just right off the bed. No, and this is this is all just this isn't even the main event. This is leading up to. This isn't just a small, you know, little one-time thing. This is all leading up to the bigger events that happened down the line. Um, I think his son Drew sees a a giant bird that you know they thought it was a turkey, but the closer they got there, was like, no, this isn't a turkey. This is a hawk. This isn't an eagle. What is this thing? And they say it was it was huge, and it was perched on a fence. And this is. Now, I'm bringing this up because this is one of the last things that they saw. So, I mean, you know, this wasn't, again, this wasn't the main event. That was, The giant bird is one of the last things that showed up because, um, you know, Drew was one of the younger kids. So, and that was when he was older that he saw this giant bird. Uh, uh, heck, there was even one time when Betsy was older that, uh, you know what, again, in time, in time. I'm getting ahead of myself. I love this story. But, um you know, the children were starting to get scratched. Betsy would get her hair pulled. 
And so this the these events just kept culminating and culminating until finally they he said, you know, John said, you know what? I I don't know what to do anymore. We haven't told anyone for fear of being ostracized and and you know, um and, the, and of course the bells also uh had had slaves. So um one of their slaves, Dean had been going to see his wife. Uh, he lived, I think, his wife lived on the Johnson property. And John would, you know, John allowed said, you know, hey, I want you, you know, you may go ahead and, you know, you can go ahead and see your wife. And they were, you know, he was fine with him going over to the Johnson's property and, and seeing his wife and being with his wife. Um, he didn't mind that. So, uh, Look at that piece of shit with a heart, um, and not to not to despair because he 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 got it back. Karma hit him. Apparently, karma hit him really hard, <laughs> really hard. I'm not saying what he did was okay. You know, enslaving and owning slaves is not a good thing, but you got karma hitting you. So you know, we're gonna find out about that. But uh, he he uh, Dean would see a black dog following him. Um, uh, along to going back and to, or to and from the uh, Johnson farm to the the Bell farm. Uh, one night, well, no, we'll get into that in a minute. Um, <laughs> but the 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 phenomenon only grew as things were you know thrown on the roof, sounding like rocks just falling down, people getting slapped in the face. Uh, dogs, uh, dogs fighting in chains and dragging along the floor, uh, all of this to stop immediately when someone came into the room. So John said, I can't do this anymore. We have, someone else has to experience this. Someone else has to experience this. So he said, you know, Hey, come over, come over just, you know, experience this. And, you know, James Johnson said, okay, well let's do it. And, you know, but you know, we'll pray. And the Johnsons, you know, Later that night, you know, first heard some scratching on the wall. Started to hear, you know, these strange sounds. And then they heard what sounded like chains dragging on the floor. They woke up and, you know, uh, I think it was written that James Johnson had said that as soon as they woke up, all hell broke loose. Like things started slamming, doors were slamming, uh, the bed started to kind of shake, you know, shake and not like a rumble, but lift off the ground several times, you know, pa, 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 pa. and, you know, sounds and screams and wails. And then as soon as he grabbed his Bible, he said, stop this. It all stopped. So it was very strange, very strange. And then little by little, they started to come back and experience different things until eventually the spirit started to try to speak. Um, and it was very, from what I, what is written, it is said that the spirit just kind of gradually started to try to like mimic words and then just started eventually one day, just talk, spoke perfect, fluent, sentence, full sentences, intelligent sentences. Um, it, it it had a propensity to mimic people. 
Uh, one time it told the family that it could, you know, it be as it began talking, it told uh, the family that it could, you know, make the, its voice like anybody else's and repeated one of James Gunn's sermons. Um, you know, called him old fire and brimstone gun too. Said he was old fire and brimstone. Um, it could, you know, and, and, and of course, as it started talking more, they, the bell said, you know, Hey, come over, experience this. Look, we're not crazy. They've seen it too. They've experienced this too. We're not crazy. People came over. People started interacting with the ghost or the spirit and the spirit started revealing more. It started saying, you know, Hey, I'm a spirit. I, you know, I was here before the land, the sea, the air, and I will be here long after it. And I'm here and I can, you know, tell you anything you want to know. We can speak about anything you want. Um, uh, and, and, you know, it, it drew in a crowd. One of the crowd was an Englishman who was a, a reporter. And the Englishman said, you know, Hey, I'd love to, I'd love to meet this spirit. And, you know, the spirit finding his accent funny, um, it was written, this is what was written is that he, you know, was skeptic of how she could speak like other people. And, you know, said, can you only speak like them? Or, you know, uh, can you, you know, talk to them? And she goes, Oh, I can go there and back instantly. And, you know, said, tell me what you'd like me to tell your parents. And the witch said, okay, I'll tell them that after he gave them a message and he, she, the, a few minutes later, the witch came back and was like, all right, they know. Would you like to hear what they said? And perfectly mimicked them saying, you know, Hey son, we love you. Come back soon. And please don't do this again. This is terrifying. This is ter- scaring us. Please don't ever have this happen again. We don't want anything like this to happen ever again. Uh, so, and his parents te- had testified to him and he had written back that his parents had testified that they had gotten the message. So, uh, he wrote back uh, that he he was very apologetic about judging them and said he understands. So uh, very, very astounding and, and amazing. It, it can go across the world in a matter of minutes and, and deliver a message and then mimic the voice of the people that it's speaking to that it delivered the message to so it could deliver their exact message back. You know, uh, I, I do believe that the spirit mimicked his voice to his mother and was like, you know, because I think what he had said was the, my brother had asked where my voice was coming from. And so I think she also mimicked his voice. So it's able to inflict pain upon people. It's able to mimic sounds and 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 you know mimic stones falling on the roof, uh, rats gnawing on the bed, scratching, clawing, uh, pins and needles in the girls, pulling their hair, slapping them, pulling their blankets. It can affect physical things. So this is a very strange, unusual, and powerful entity. Uh, now, is it being given more power by the attention that it's gaining from people? Probably. Um, But he, uh, John Jr., John Jr., um, you know, he, he was very, uh, uh, well, I mean, not to say 
but John Jr. the most, he was very protective over his family, and he felt very uh, upset because after a while, the the Bell Witch had stated that it intended to kill John Bell. That's what its mission here was. Um, and so he was very upset by that. And so not only did it start to attack John Bell, but it also started to really attack um, Betsy, his sister. And, you know, he thought his sister is defenseless, so, you know, he wanted to protect her. So he would tempt, he would tempt the spirit, but the spirit, uh, showing kind of an almost demonic behavior in the, at, at this, at this, because it's, it's affecting John Bell by, Jr. by one thing. It is using his father and his sister to hurt him. It's hurting his father and sister to hurt him, so that hurts him as well. So it was like, I'm not going to affect you. I will only affect your sister and your father. I'm not going to attack you. So, uh, you know, it, 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 it does different things in different ways, starting on this torrent of killing John Bell. Um, it, it is very much set on that mission. But there's another mission that it's set on. Um, it also torments, as I said, it also torments Betsy Bell. But it also torments her because she is in love with a, a young man, uh, a Joshua Gardner, and she wants to marry him. She really, you know, she's very much in love with this young man, very much enthralled with him, and wanted to be uh, be his wife, <laughs> you know. Uh, but she was was seeing him, and she or they eventually, you know, were were starting to get very close, and then the spirit started getting between them. Um, the spirit would, you know, torture her. Uh, the spirit would essentially like slap her, pull her hair, uh, stick her with pins, make her ill. Um, it would kind of send, it would kind of possess her almost and send her into these like, uh, catatonic states at times. Um, you know, she would, she would urinate on herself. So it was very harsh and troubling on her. Um, but, it wasn't like that with everyone. You know, it, <laughs> strangely enough, it had a soft side. Uh, it had a soft side for uh, James Johnston. Uh, when he was sick, it tried to help him. Uh, when Lucy Bell was sick, it would try to ma- you know, make her feel better. Uh, one of the stories, one of the recounted stories from... Uh, Back when Lucy, back, well, back when, uh, from a time when Lucy was sick, she, uh, I think it was, plur- the doctors were saying pleurisy. And so she was having a very, very tough time. Very tough time. Uh, you know, couldn't really eat, couldn't really drink, just rough go. Rough go. Lucy Bell's having a very rough, uh, you know, illness. Uh, John Bell would sit outside of her room, um, uh, 
because if he went into the room, the spirit would curse at him and yell at him, and it would you know upset his wife. So he's like, you know, I'm just gonna just stay out here. I'm just gonna stay out here. Um. Uh, so we uh, we progress in the story here to when his wife had been brought food by uh, some of the women from the church. Um, and this is really an amazing part of the story because this is also recorded. Uh, well, I mean, this is all recorded, but in this part of the story is when the witch does something, or the, the spirit, as we'll call it from now on, um, does something truly amazing. So like I said, she has pleurisy. Having a rough go. They bring her food. She's not eating. The spirit is telling these women, you didn't bring anything she can eat. You brought her things she cannot eat. She will not eat these because she doesn't want these. She wants this and this. And she goes, is, is that what you want? You know, and, and, you know, Lucy Bell is in bed, of course, sick, pretty much, you know, Dying from pleurisy, you know, shakes her head. Yes, so she needs she needs to eat. So, nuts and berries rain down from the sky out of nowhere, out of no nowhere. Keep in mind, this is you know in the eighteen hundreds. There is no vending machine, no other services available that can just you know. This isn't the Star Trek, you know, ship Starship Enterprise where you have the computer. Make me a cup of coffee. And you can say, I want it black with two sugars. And that cup of coffee will go, It's not the sound it makes, but it's kind of like a miniature like teleporter. And it's like, And you're there and you go, Thank you. Uh, God, I don't know how old I am. Uh, but these fell from the sky. Nuts and berries and grapes fell from the sky. And of course, she was like, you know, mm, well, These are actually pretty fucking good. So she ate them. Um, you know, but that's, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Um, this, this spirit continued to torment Betsy Bell. It, it, uh, but it, in, in line with that, you know, she was still dating Joshua Gardner and Betsy was not supposed to be dating Joshua Gardner. She was supposed to be dating someone else. The spirit was not having any of her shit. Uh, she was like, if I tell you not to date that boy, you're not going to date that boy. That's how it's going. I'm your mom now. That's what she said. I'm, I can't prove that. But, um, you know, that's what you get this feeling of. It's trying to protect her from something. Or maybe it's like, you know, because, and, and then what is, well, to kind of get it a little more in depth, the spirit does tell her, you know, you're not supposed to be with him. Future generations will prove to, you know, it's like, okay, that's very ominous. What's that supposed to mean? And why can't you tell me anything else about this? Because it kind of refused to explain why else it was so adamant about keeping these two apart. But uh, while they were still dating, a strange event did happen at the Red River. Um, everyone was fishing. It was a, like a Sunday fishing tournament, I think, after church. Everybody would go down to the river, eat a picnic and fish, you know, because people enjoyed their time way better than we do now looking at a freaking spot. Green for our phones. Don't stop listening to my podcast, please. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> but you know, the, you know, they were enjoying each other's company down by the river, fishing after church and having a good time. And then suddenly, everybody heard a loud splash. Um, 
poles started getting ripped up out of the river, you know, because what people do is they would just jam them into the river and, you know, kind of corkscrew them down a little bit. So they would just, when they'd get a fish, they'd see it, you know, jerk a little bit and then they'd run and reel her in, you know, uh, or just rip that pull up out because they probably used a twig and a string, you know, got a fish old school, old school style. Anyways, uh, big splashing poles getting ripped up, uh, and a young boy gets pulled into the water and pulled down the stream. And of course he pops back up and swims to shore and everybody sees this humongous fish just hit and jump at the base, you know, just at the jump at the water and then go back down and disappear downstream. Uh, now could this have been a bull shark? Maybe, 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 but a lot of people think it was the spirit kind of, you know, being an animal and, and causing mischief. So, uh, was that just a strange event where these people saw a bull shark and were like, Oh shit, we dodged a bullet there. Or was this the bell witch? So it was one of those strange things. But again, back to Betsy Bell, she's of course still being mistreated and tortured and heinously so by the Bell Witch until she gives up on Joshua Gardner. Well, eventually that kind of happens. Eventually, uh, Betsy Bell does go to Joshua Gardner and say, you know, I can't be with you. I can't marry you. I can't do anything. Even if we run away, this spirit will follow us. I'll never be free of it. So I have to, you know, break my engagement to you um, because they'd kind of, you know, been engaged. So Bellwitch was like, I got that one, knocked out. And after this happened, she kind of, she wasn't, you know, as it, it recorded that, she kind of left Betsy Bell alone afterwards. Um, eventually, Betsy Bell married a school teacher and, and you know, moved off and, to a different part of the state of Tennessee. She stuck around this area, but it, it far from Adams and the bell, which kind of left her alone. Um, but what proceeded was the t- downturn of John bell. Um, at this time, the witch focused solely on carrying out the last part of what she said she was going to do. Uh, she set about to, to kill John bell. Um, you know, they had a friend who had, you know, gotten fed up. Frank Miles, family friend, he he had gotten fed up. Uh, you know, and Frank Miles was a guy, he was around for all of this. He was always around. He was John Jr.'s best friend. Um, and he was also a family friend. So he was always around for these events. He was always in, in the, the family room, always there. Eventually, he gets so upset that, you know, he challenges the spirit and the spirit beats the shit out of him. Um. You know, just to kind of show that the spirit's still a little mean. Uh, Dean, uh, the Bell's Bell's slave, had cornered a possum in a tree. And uh, apparently took the switch that, uh, or a stick that Dean had to beat the possum and started beating Dean. Uh with it and then became a giant possum and scared the man half to death and chased him all around the farm as a giant possum. Um, and, and several of the other slaves in the bell family saw this as well. So, uh, yeah, no, this witch could do a lot. This bell, witch could do a lot of stuff. 
again, traverse the earth to deliver messages, turn into giant animals, you know, just strange stuff, strange stuff. Uh, but that wasn't the extent of what she did. She also, when torturing John Bell, would swell his tongue, swell his mouth so he couldn't eat or drink. Uh, while he was walking, if he were having particular trouble with his, you know, with, you know, his knee or something, uh, she would, you know, rip his feet out from underneath him and make him fall and, and or, uh, you know, make him fall on his ass and then take his shoes and throw them through the air, like great distances. So he couldn't get to them. Uh, it would slap him, abuse him, cuss at him, you know, spit at him, but not spit you know not even ghost spit it would just you know make the sound and or maybe it did um you never know i don't remember it you know being a physical spit more just like a you know more like a spit and like you know cussing spit like you know ah you piece of shit <laughs> we don't you you spit at somebody's feet you know uh that's what i saw it as being more as but she just was was just torturous to this man until eventually john bell just couldn't take it anymore he got ill um and started to uh, become bedridden, very bedridden. Um, you know, John Jr. had moved on and gotten a family. You know, most of his children had moved on and, you know, gotten gotten families. Uh, Dean, uh, well, not Dean, uh, Joel, his son Joel, and, oh, wait, no, Dean, there was a Dean, uh, had a, you know, gotten a little bit older and was, you know, starting to do more around the house. I uh, was kind of taking care of him. So one day, um, James Johnson came over and, you know, was was praying over his friend in the spirit, said, you know, look, I, I'm here to tell you this right now. That man's not getting out of that bed. He's not getting out of that bed. It is, it is his last days. Be ready, and then James Johnson was just fired off. Was, you know, holier than you know, holier than holy of the, the the you know, raining heavenly fire on this this bell witch, and uh, basically tempting it to take out you know whatever she was going to do to John, take it out on him. You know, pulling one of those you know, do it to me instead. You know, take me instead moments. Um, and this witch was like, Nah, man, I'm intent on doing what I'm going to do, and it will be done. So, um, one morning to, when, uh, one of his children was taking him his medicine, they discovered a vial next to the bed, uh, and their, you know, John Bell was deceased. Uh, and when people came in to see, they, the ghost had, you know, was laughing and chortling and, you know, all around being a total butthead about it, being, you know, being a sore winner. Uh, it's basically saying, you know, hey, I did this. I killed John Bell. I gave him that this morning before any of you came in and you know killed him dead. I did what I aimed to do, and you know, and, uh, even when they had his funeral, everybody was there for him, and even the Bell Witch was there, you know, acting drunk and belligerent over his grave, and you know, cussing him, and you know, saying what a horrible man he was, and uh, you know, just basically being a jerk about the party. Um, uh, in, in, 
and at that point, the Bell Witch had done what it said about to do, so it started showing up less and less until it just stopped showing up. Um, and then a few years later, I think it was Drew, uh, the youngest, Drew, had a, he was about 14 at the time that this event, was walking with his sister to Betsy's house. And uh, I forget if it was his girlfriend or if it was some, some there was another girl with him and the girl, you know, shouted and pointed at this fence where there were these little uh, spring trees, like these little young sapling trees. And essentially, they were next to a fence, and they were the trees were broken over and bouncing. So, like this, all this girl could see were these little trees that were bent over and bouncing up and down. You know, like somebody was standing on them, jumping on them, and you know, using them to bounce. Um. And so that's all she could see. But when the bells saw, they saw two little girls. And then they said some woman came and got the two little girls and the trees just stood right back up and stopped bouncing. Um, and then, of course, the bell witch showed up and spoke to, I think, John and Drew and said, uh, I'm coming to tell you this is the last time that I will you know, be speaking to any of you. This is the last time you will hear me, but I'm not gone. I'm I'm not, you know, but this is the last time that I will speak to any of you. And I'm not gone, gone, but I'm not going to be around here anymore. I'm not going to be around this family anymore. I don't need to be here in my time. My, you know, my duty is done and I'm not going to bother any of you anymore. You won't hear me. I won't be in your vicinity. Um, but I'm always, you know, in the air everywhere. So, um, uh, the bell which you know they said the the there was a rush of wind and then stillness and then it's a change in the air you know that kind of a thing you know they could feel the change in the room and they said that was it that's the last time that any of them heard from the bell witch now there are still legends of course when people go into the cave there are legends of if you leave money for the bell witch she will return it uh if you tell the bell witch you love her she will leave rose petals at your door if you take a rock from the cave, you'll have bad luck. Um, and there are several stories of people who do have bad luck from taking a rock from the cave. Do I believe it? I don't know. Um, all I know is the cave is actually an Indian burial ground. There's a grave that was inside the cave for it was a Native American grave, a primitive grave. But, um, you know, I, I wouldn't take anything from Indian burial ground because that's sacred and you don't, you don't do that. You respect that culture's you know, burial ground, that'd be like taking a tombstone home, maybe, um, you know, you never know, I'm not going to say that the rock is their tombstone, but maybe they did chisel it into a rock, and then time was weathered away, and you wouldn't know, um, but even a pebble is something, is part of that, that grave, so yeah, you don't mess with that, you don't take stuff like that, um, but other than that, you know, they see, people still see light, oh, one event that does, I forgot about this, there was one event that did happen to the Bells, uh, before Betsy had moved on and moved out, she, uh, one, they had seen a, a girl in a green dress hanging from the tree at the very beginning of all of this. They, that was one of the things they saw. That was a manifestation. And also, uh, the Bell Witch actually saved a young boy who was stuck in the Bell Witch Cave. So in the Bell Witch Cave, there are two areas that branch off that are, that are up. You have to climb up to get to these two areas that branch off in the cave. And a boy had gotten stuck, and the bell witch said, you know, you know, 
don't worry, I'll handle this. This boy was told not to do this, and he did it anyway. So said that his trousers were like that. His trousers had gotten snatched up, and he was yanked out of that hole, yanked all the way out of the cave, yanked all the way back up the hill, and sent on his way by the bell witch. So she had saved him and said, "Get boy, you get your ass up there. Get you now. Go home to your mom." That's what she did. Uh, but, you know, people still see things in the cave lights. They still hear noises. They still experience things. That was one of my first paranormal experiences. Uh, I've talked about that on one of the episodes, actually. But uh, they still feel a very strong presence in that cave and on that property. Uh, one event that happened at that time that also still happens now, and I'm, I saved it for la- uh, one of the last things we talk about because of this, is... Um, on the property, some nights you can see candles. Now that's a willow wisp, willow the wisp type of uh, haunting style. So uh, candles out in the darkness to draw you out and lead you to your doom. A lot of them are on the property, going towards the cliffs to the Red River. So you know, take what you will of that. Uh, that land may still be heavily haunted. Uh, I, I've met the Bell family and you know descendants of the Bell family. One of them is a mortician, <laughs> as, as, as strange as that might be, but he also he was a mortician who ran a funeral home. Uh, so uh, a bunch of the cast gotten. he invited us to go out to see the John Bell grave, which we did see that was very amazing. Uh, but he also invited us to see the sinkhole for the cave where the, the, the tree was, where the girl in green was seen hanging from. And that was pretty freaking ominous too. And he goes, yeah, they think this land is still haunted. So he's like, you know, just be careful. And uh, don't ever come out here by yourselves. Uh, you know, if you want one of us to go with you, we know where the sinkhole is and, and everything. So, but yeah. But uh, you give respect to the Bell Witch. But boys and girls, that's it for this show. Happy Halloween. Spooky season is, is coming to an end. Now we come to my favorite season. No, not Christmas. Thanksgiving. Oh. I'm like Bob from Bob's Burgers. I love Thanksgiving. Give me the turkey. Give me the gravy. Give me the dressing. Give me the everything. I love everything about Thanksgiving. But, and my kids love everything about Christmas. But that being said, thank you for enjoying the spooky season with us. Uh, We're going to be bringing you great shows still, so it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's spooky season. Any who. We are going to let you get to all the spookiness. Have fun trick-or-treating. Enjoy the night. Enjoy the spookiness. And thank you for going down this paranormal rabbit hole with me again. Enjoy, boys and girls. Good night.